I'm Ryan Sheila here with uh, Coach Coach Matt Matt Rather Matt Rather. You just came up with a big win against Arnett Mead, and you are a hero of the talk of the town. Dylan Panthers, yeehaw! Yeehaw! Well, we had to. Uh, we just had to score more points than the other boys, and I guess uh, I guess our boys came through. Just got her done. They showed a lot of heart out there. Thank you very much. I appreciate clear, it. clear eyes, full hearts. Um, yeah, yes. so we are back. As you can tell, um, we are back uh, to Friday Night Lights after a brief um, excursion into the into the world of community. Probably a one time only thing because that show probably doesn't exist anymore. Uh, That's a shame. Yeah, I don't know if they're even going to burn off the the remaining episodes later this year. Um, someone made an someone made an interesting point. Uh, the other day, which is that Sony, which is the studio, is pr- it probably wants to make enough to sell it into syndication, which is sure. where the real money is in TV anyway. So they could they could incentivize NBC to run another season by, for example, cutting their fees so mm-hmm. that you know so that Sony uh, gets the requisite you know whatever hundred episodes or something that you know is kind of a notional minimum for uh selling the show into into syndication which has happened to 30 rock you know yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. uh i mean of course i think 30 rock is more of an awards darling than community is but uh well any anyway yeah we pro- probably not to probably not to be repeated a because they're not really teenagers uh anymore and the um and and are we are we all teenagers in a way in a way we're all teenagers it's true we're all we're all these fucking teenagers, and I, I don't. Ah, uh, 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 Ryan, these effing teenagers. Oh, please. oh that's right. And that's you can't right. even. Just, you actually can't even put f asterisk asterisk asterisk. The um. That's right. I guess we have. I guess we have a little bit of business to uh, uh, to attend to before we jump into um, into into uh, Friday Night Lights, which is that the um, the the iTunes uh, Gestapo has found us. Um, <laughs> that for two years we've flown under the radar. Has, has uh, found our right. Has found our what little little basement hidey hole of you know profanity and uh, and what have you. Um, they've they found it on the internet. I think it's actually troubling that they. So wait. So how did they? Do we know how they found us? Um, yes, the, uh, we do know how they they found us. I couldn't leave well enough alone, and I was trying to make an artist page for overthinking it on iTunes, so that see. overthinking it was its own kind of destination page on the iTunes store, and all of our all of our podcasts and uh, you know our, yeah, every every outpost of our sprawling multimedia empire could be uh, found right. Yeah, yeah, could be found there. Um, well, so. Uh, in in doing this, you give them a list of your shows so that they can put them on the artist page. And uh, in in looking at our shows, they immediately shut us down because of uh, what the the rep that I dealt with called profanity. Um, we can't and and like I felt oddly I felt oddly like guilty. I felt uh, like I was getting called out. Like we can't allow profanity on our store uh, on our iTunes store, and I was um, I felt. Uh, apologetic and a little nervous like i'm sorry i didn't mean to sully your you know apple racial purity with my you know profane 
profane insights, right? It's the profane insights into sociology and, and, and cultural studies. Anyway, so uh, we went back and forth, and I did uh, – I changed the logo art, and, and they said, no, even blurring it out was not acceptable. And, uh, you know, they, they accepted the, the show – the way the way it was in the first place two years ago, but I guess maybe the guidelines have changed, or maybe you know I don't know. There's a, I think so probably our show all, is now these these poopy and teenagers. Uh. It's uh, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, shitting and fucking are you know basic drives, I guess, and so one is as good as uh, one is as good as the other. No, uh, it's we're gonna call it, and this this may be this may be to the good anyway. We're just gonna call it the TFT podcast across all. Um, across all sort of outlets on the internet. So on Twitter, it's TFT Podcast. On Facebook, it's it's uh, Facebook.com slash TFT Podcast. On uh, you know, um, on uh, what on the uh, the oh, overthinking it. I guess I w- it'll be uh, overthinking it. dot com slash TFT Podcast to get to a destination page for the show. And if you want to search for it on iTunes, you go to you search for TFT. Uh, podcast. Everyone within within our clear high, uh, clear eyes and full hearts. It will always be these fucking teenagers. Well, and yeah, exactly. So, and, so is that what at the end of the show will we like list off a bunch of things and then say and TFT <laughs> and TF? Yeah, it doesn't have the same. It doesn't have the same thing. No, I think that I think that all the pro- profanity and also the spoilers. Omar dies can be. Um, can uh can be a pleasant surprise for people when they actually hit play uh on the on the episodes well let's let's uh let's hit play on this episode now that we're <laughs> now that we're uh, through uh, through with business um and we're jumping back in as we said to uh friday night lights and we're gonna hit um season uh, episodes five through seven of uh, season one so if you're um if you're following along along at home um, and you haven't yet watched, uh, pause this, um, fire up your Netflix instant streaming or, or the waffles, um, and, and sit down for these, uh, these three episodes, um, and then, and then come on back to us. Yep. Um, and so let's, let's just jump, jump right in. Um, I think so these that, are the, oh, sorry, you, you, you start. Well, I was just going to say that I think that where we were the last time, you know, the la- our last Friday Night Lights episode was called Voodoo Smash. Um, and we had talked a lot about the addition of uh, Voodoo Tatum to the team and kind of several of the kind of social um, and racial dynamics and how that interacted with various facets of power. Um, and then we also talked about kind of various for- social forms of networked power with respect to Buddy Garrity and the, uh, the relationship between the, buster, uh, the, bo- the Busters the boosters, um, and Coach Taylor. And I think that um, Season 5 pushes that forward in a lot of ways. Um, and, and, and I think five. that... Uh, yeah, sorry. Did I say season five? Yeah. Well, season, uh, season five also probably pushes it forward. Uh, amazingly, long. amazingly, these things are, uh, spoiler alert, they do not so, uh, solve uh, uh, issues of class and race. Um, and, and they're still in a world where there is power. Um, and so, you know, we are the, they are, they are the 99%. Um, just, you know, again, just to, to make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, but yeah, episode five uh, pushes this forward. And it's part of a, a larger kind of, a larger thematic arc uh, where a lot of these issues uh, are around, even though there are, um, you know, kind of, I mean, there, there is a, a episodic structure within these, um, within these larger arcs, right? So that we, we have um, arcs that focus on various characters or various um, 
various various A stories, even as we have the larger thematic and larger narrative drives ultimately towards state um, and towards the you know the end of the football season that kind of marches us forward in every season. Sure, yeah, and the, I mean, being a football team with regular composition competitions, it lends itself to that kind of episodic storytelling. Right, right, because there's always the um, well, and, and there's kind of a next climax. There's always a next climax coming up. Yeah, that's. I think that's that's right, um, and that there's always. But I think what's interesting is that it's not a game per week, right? That there are. Um, oh, I, I forget what they were. Were they doing twenty two episode seasons? Yeah, they I were doing. Them? Yeah, they were doing like two dozen or something. Yeah, the first, yeah. The first year, and that that got fixed in short order. But, right. uh, but that, yeah. that leads to a ratio. I mean, that's far more like an average. Um, an average um, high school football season might have twelve weeks plus you know, four to five weeks of playoffs. So like uh, no more than 17 weeks, uh, probably even in less than that in, in a full, in a full season of high school football. So we're, we're definitely uh, clocking in at, um, you know, that uh, we, we basically have an episode or a football game, every episode and a half or two episodes. Sure. Um, and so, but you still have this structure. So we'll be talking about this. And I think that you, you feel this as we go through season one, I'm rewatching this show now as uh, as we're as we're discussing it on this show, and I feel like uh, as I was kind of looking ahead um, at the episodes in the season, I was like, oh, th- like I, I there's several many things that I forgot had happened in season one, um, and that this is a a very tumultuous and eventful uh, twelve weeks in the lives of these of these small town teenagers and the. Uh, and the, the the guidance counselors, parents, and uh, coaches that that love them, um, but but this week is a game week in, in episode five, um, and and we have the quarterback controversy uh, brewing, and so um, so yeah, who's he? So who's he going to start? And then the other uh, the other two episodes are the um, are the uh, Reyes versus Caster, uh, yeah, uh, fight. The- and then yeah, also, yeah. and then home, homecoming. Then homecoming. So th- yeah. that's that's the uh, that's what the syllabus calls for um, today. So yeah, okay. So so voodoo and like very very, um, uh, you know, he's he seems very clear eyed, uh, though his heart is curiously empty um, about what his uh, what his place is. Right, but he can he can lose because uh, it is a it, these are jointly jointly necessary conditions right so clear eyes but empty hearts can lose yep he uh absolutely he can so the um right like he he comes in and in his uh in his talk um with coach taylor at the beginning of episode five you know taylor seems to want to extend the olive branch like this is the like and even kind of sort of instructs him in like how the the this particular social ritual is is supposed to go which oh i'm is, so you know, glad that i'm grateful for this opportunity yeah. i'm enjoying playing i've learned a lot and actually that is more for the coach's benefit than um, than for Voodoo's benefit, right? He's trying to uh, Coach Taylor is trying to assuage his guilt at what he knows ha- he has to do, right? There, there really is only one choice, and it's actually it's kind of it's kind of passed over, but there is a little bit of a miracle that happens, uh, you know, in the middle of this uh, this game against the Tigers. Arnett uh, Mead, yeah, the Arnett Mead Tigers, right? And he. Um, he when when uh, when Saracen sort of suddenly 
I don't know, his balls drop or something. And, and, you know, suddenly he's the best quarterback that the game of football has ever seen. Right. And it's not, it's not exactly clear, like how he got over his, the sort of performance issues that he was having, you know, um, and the kind of sense of the kind of sense of not belonging, but it, it, it's passed over w- without a lot of comment. And, you know, maybe he's been working. I mean, it has, this is a, a show that shows them, shows the, the team practicing and the, you know, kind of the monotony of that, you know, uh, it's a very, it's a very Protestant show, right? It's a very, it's a very Calvinist kind of show that, that there is a kind of elect, um, it's a good people work hard and working hard shows that you are good. You are a good person. Right. And there's this tight link between this kind of repetition practice. Um, yeah. And the question and, the question is kind of begged of of like which you know, which came first? Is it is it that you're all, you're just so damn talented at the game or is it that you um, uh, is it that you put in a bunch of hours and sort of got good at the game? Right. Yeah. But it, I think it's it's beyond that because there are people who are good at the game who are bad people. Right. That, you know. Every team that uh, the Dillon Panthers play against, and then people like Voodoo, uh, Voodoo Tatum, who come into their orbit, who are who are good at the game, um, went through some combination of natural talent and, and effort. But or maybe, maybe it is, maybe it is a um, a a it, it is an effort thing, right? So it's 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 not just it's that this willingness to to practice and to kind of you know subject yourself to the authority of a coach right it's, it's i mean it, it does strike me as you know uh as as symbolic of of you know following the, the 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 running the drills as ordered by the big coach in the sky right um sure. and it's a, um and 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 it's a very it's a combination of there's a little bit of calvinism there and there's like a little bit of um of of methodism as well as of of you know the methodist um um, denomination um, uh, of Christianity of, of Protest- Protestantism was called that because they were, you know, it was it was a diss that they were they were following the rules, they were following the methods of of religious practice uh, very very um, very closely, right? And so practice itself um, and and kind of following the drills um, and following the protocols um, is not a a necessarily a kind of a bureaucratic exercise but it's this way to a, a kind of purity right and it's that you it still leaves space for you know for for football but that, that's part of what what football is right at some point coach taylor says that he hates all this stuff but he loves football um and that that, that somehow there is um that, yeah, that, that there's that there's an idea it's platonic right there's an idea of football that is actually only kind of partially and imperfectly gl- glimpsed through the actual practice of of football right but but it's fascinating because it's still like this kind of ideal football is not kind of pre-social or or primal in any way right because it is it's still like football as it is practiced has has rules and it has discipline. Has there, 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 there is still like for football to be football, there have to be positions um, and rules. And uh, you know, maybe not necessarily a coach, but there's still a quarterback, right? There's f- football is there's always you, you have a hierarchy built in. Um, and so, what's fascinating is that you know it's not an anti hierarchy or an anti order statement, but that there's a, a secondary order that's that's grafted upon. Um, this kind of primary order of, of the game um, and and the, that 
they they sometimes work together but but in many cases um do not and that there, there's this there's this kind of conflict between a, a moral order and a social or political order well and that's what's going to that's what's going to happen um that's what's going to happen in the next episode in the the fight with Reyes and we're I guess we're sort of getting our, ahead of ourselves but I you know I will say that this is um this is something that we talk a lot about uh on overthinking it um and it's an American – it's a trait of American entertainment, I think. The idea that, that the, the social order um, – the good social order depends on a bad social order uh, or depends on the actions of people uh, who are – that would not be accepted in the good social order. Like the cowboy in a Western or the impossible mission force in Mission Impossible mm. or here – uh, Buddy Garrity and the wheeling and dealing and the you know the recruiting and all but name uh, of voodoo and the um, you know uh, all all those things where uh, pardon the cliche where the sausage is is getting made um, this this is sort of a very this is a very American theme and I you know I think has to do with being a nation founded on uh slavery and colonization right that like the the idea and yet kind of dedicated to these very lofty enlightenment ideals about um uh, you know about consent of the governed etc and uh everybody's quote unquote intrinsic rights that there you know there's a contradiction at the heart of that that, that plays out in our um that plays out in our entertainment and i think when when Coach Taylor, you know, Coach Taylor could be Thomas Jefferson, right? Uh, you know, writing the Declaration of, of uh, Independence and then then going and boning Sally Hemings or something, right? Um, yeah, but that was her name. That, that that was the name, right? Yeah, that's I, that's right. That's I got right. The name right. I, I mean, I think that's I think it's interesting because I think throughout, in, in some ways. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll see this, but so far we, we see um, Coach Taylor as being in some ways closer to our, our kind of idealized um, founding visions of the founding fathers, right? That, that he is, I mean, I guess it's, it's interesting. Um, it, he is and he isn't, right? That he is, you know, in 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 one sense, is um, is compromised because he he does take part in these these recruiting activities. Um, he makes in the Reyes episode makes uh, you know um, bad bad judgment calls, but he you know I think that he he believes I don't know that there's that there's like the actual moral judgment that we can put on his actions. And then there's, he, it's certainly very important to him that he is a a, a moral person, right. And that he has a moral high ground, um, whether or not that he, he always acts uh, according to that. Um, And I think that, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know why this is connected in my, in my mind, um, but that, you know, something that when you think about, um, about about coach taylor is that he's very he's very quiet in a lot of ways in a lot of social interactions he's very um he's very taciturn he's very kind of uh the posture is very much very kind of head down eyes down um uh, you know i i remember this that when when Buddy Garrity goes into the was the district athletic commission office and buddy Garrity is all motion and and talking 
um, and and glad handing, and and Coach Taylor is just kind of you know putting his head down and and getting it done, um, and and that in some ways he he almost believes that it's you know it's that. Um, he 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 kind of takes the fifth amendment on you know pleads the fifth on life you know that that uh that 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 he only you know he he basically only speaks in like inspirational speeches and awkward banter with his family and um uh-huh. <laughs> um and that's and that's kind of his own um his own thing and i feel like that is that is um linked to this kind of the the moral content um, of what we see. And I guess, you know, I guess we're talking about this a lot because, um, in some ways, you know, there have been normative concerns or normative moral or normative orders in our other TFT shows. But I feel like the, the, there's something about the, the, the nature of like moral order and how it relates to other forms of order that I think is distinct in this show. And I think that's why I'm spending a lot of time on how it's presented visually um, and how it's acted. Cause I think it, it, it's, it's very um, it's, it's, it's closely tied to the, to the meaning of the show and how it's distinct from some of the other shows that we've discussed. Sure. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, we're we're going to talk about a normative and a uh, we're going to talk about a normative and a moral order in these two, um, you know, in these in these two episodes. Yeah. Um, though, though the normative order, I mean, let's let's cut to the chase, Ryan. Why don't we just cut to the chase here? Um, yeah, let's let's just get her done. Uh, when you know when they go for that meeting, I mean, and this is before Voodoo blows the whistle because you know he. Uh, because uh, Coach Taylor won't put up with his shit. But when when Buddy Garrity, Coach T- and Coach Taylor go to the meeting with the uh, what is it district um, district re- athletic representatives who all look like FBI agents, by the way, who all like have like black suits and sunglasses, or maybe my mind is filling in the sunglasses. But like you know, they cut that like federal agent figure. Um, and you, I, I don't think we've seen a character in a suit uh, other than them. Oh, and the, uh, Connor, the guy who, um, uh, the guy who Tyra bones, but, uh, he, he, he was the guy who's drilling for oil. Yes. <laughs> That's not all he's drilling for. Yeah. Uh, so the, um, uh, Oh, right. So when he goes in for these guys, it's, it's the fact that they're old friends from, you know, they're old friends from way back that, that sort of saves the day and from uh, playing football together. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is not the, we, the yeah, we the, played together yeah. at the university of Texas, hook them horns. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, it's actually, exactly. That's where my that's where my parents both my parents actually got uh bachelor's, masters, and uh doctorates from the University of Texas, Hook'em Horns. Hail Satan. <laughs> so yeah, it actually the the salute actually looks like uh looks like Hail <laughs> yeah. Satan. Yeah, it's not too far from it, right? <laughs> so um yeah, right. So that so so that uh, in this in this instance, it seems like the the normative order is subservient to the kind of expedient order of uh, of getting her done. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that. Yeah, that it, it's a in that way a a moral order that's in some ways closer to the 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 moral order of 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 Gossip Girl. Sure. Right. That it's that, you know, our um, my friend, our the dist- per- my friend, the district attorney is going to help me out here. Well, yeah. And you just don't question it. It's that the, I guess it's the, 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 the characters that are the protagonists are also in power. And there's, you know, although there are these sometimes challenges to to balances of power, 
you know, the, 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 there's never, it's never, it's rarely ever rises to a moment of crisis. And obviously Gossip Girl may be at this point of like structural crisis within the, the world where these two start to pull apart. Um, but I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's in that way, much more in stasis. It's that, you know, you want certain characters, you want Chuck and Blair to be together. Um, you want the, you know, the, the things that, you know, and people may get their comeuppance, but they, they learn moral lessons even as they get to be in power. Right. But the, there's these tensions here because that, you know, that the, the characters that, you know, narratively were set up to root for, um, are against are actually outside of the the social order or they're they're in there's there are, there's kind of multiple orders that one could root for yep. um that 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 you see that tension that there's a lot more slippage there um and they're both kind of you know i think this is what i was getting at before and um you know talking about kind of the physicality of of coach taylor is that he's he's simultaneously an insider and an outsider um and even more of an outsider, right? That, but it, but th- these lines blur. I, I think there's a sim- simultaneity here um, of, you know, that when you win a game, you're on the inside, right? You both see this with him, right? That everyone, uh, it's, it's portrayed really well um, of, of after he wins, you know, everyone wants to be around him. Everyone's coming up to him and saying, hi, everyone's there. Um, and you see this with Matt Saracen as well. Um, right. Well, yeah, that there, that it seems like the almost instantly, the, you know, your kind of social status and your, the amount of social capital that you have, um, instantly sort of rises, you know, rises and falls like the second, you know, it went, they, they wouldn't, uh, you know, they wouldn't lift a finger to save him from a burning building before, but the second he wins right against the tigers, uh, you know, now, now everyone is sort of lining up to shake his hand and like, he can't even get into his parking space because he's mobbed. Um, well, and it's fascinating. So the song that's playing during that closing sequence is, um, a song called let's get out of this country uh-huh. by, um, the, I believe Scottish, um, indie, uh, indie pop band camera obscura. Uh, nice. Um, and I mean, I think it's interesting of that because on one hand it works because it's just this upbeat, kind of song but i mean just even the lyrics of like let's get out of this country um is is about and in some ways i feel like it resonates with a, a line earlier in the episode where um where julie taylor uh the coach's daughter says you know texas isn't even a real state it's right. a republic right and that and that you're it, there's this kind of um this this tension of 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 capture and release that uh in, in fact that you know, on the one hand, Coach Taylor wants to secure his job. He wants to he he wants to this kind of job security. Um, but at the same time, in in winning, like you, you get sucked into it, and, and and you 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 don't get further out, right? And so the only you know what, the only way through is out, or something like that, or the only way out the only way out is through, uh-huh. right? Um, and so because like so he you know he can't get out of this country, this country of Texas. Um, and and it's fascinating that that kind of up moment um, is is the way that uh, um, episode ends is kind of beautiful, right? He's happy, and then. Um, you know, it's it, as as he's about to go address the the fans, address the supporters. Um, you know, Buddy Garrity is there, uh, and and just again the acting and the the blocking of it is, or I guess it's not. What's amazing is I, from what I read that they actually didn't do a lot of blocking. 
Um, but just the way that the actors kind of position themselves, Buddy Garrity's kind of in profile, kind of not making direct eye contact, right? It's, it's the, it's the, the, this show's version. Um, and we, we see it, we'll see it many times over again. It's this show's version of Arrested Developments. I made a huge mistake, <laughs> right? Like, um, cause you know, Buddy Garrity, you know, just the, the interchange of say, these guys are from the office, um, and, and, you know, there's these wordless interactions between Buddy and, uh, and Coach Taylor. Uh, and, and then Coach goes out into the, uh, to, to greet the fans and, and the door. I forget if the door closes or not, but, right? And so there's this tension of. Yeah, the door, yeah, the door closes behind him. And, the, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah, it's funny. Like, my concerns are in one room and yet the, but it's, it's a little metaphor for the, you know, public versus private face yeah, of Coach exactly. Taylor. Exactly. And so just this theme of, of, you know, again, it's it's. It, I, I think it does a lot to to really set up um, the like. It both sets up you know narrative going forward, right? So it's got it does a little bit of the you know the what I mean. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of tricks to do this, but it's it's a very 24 move, right? It's the the like you know there's something is resolved, and then all of a sudden, right as the episode uh, uh, closes, all of a sudden. You know, holy shit, the terrorist's not dead, right? It's the yeah. the, the non sequitur cliffhanger um, that uh, that that creates a little bit of, you know, that even if it wasn't necessarily designed with Netflix instant streaming um, in mind, it sure has that effect of like, okay, well, got to see how that gets resolved, um, and 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 at least a little bit of that um, snackability that you that you've talked about and theorized. Um, about a little bit, it keeps you hitting the feeder pill. Yeah, uh, right. Absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah. But, yeah. So where where else? Um, I mean, where else are we um, thematically? So that's. I mean, I think we we've, we've we've kind of set the scene at the kind of you know at the macro or meso meso level because I think that you know and, and you know rap, wrapping with season five and, and this kind of you know montage and musical number that, that follows the the win. You know, we kind of have a lot of the, the social and political and moral terrain laid out, right? That I mean, and the, the you know, and that that we we kind of have a relatively clear sense of you know what what we're looking at and and what the what the chessboard looks yeah. like. Well, can we talk a little bit about what we're? Can we talk a little bit about what we're what we're looking at? Um, oh, yeah, and I think that's a great place. What you have is a great place because in the next the next episode is going to. Um, uh, it is going to kind of turn these things on its head, or at least it's going to kind of move these pieces around uh, a little bit in the in the fight between um, Reyes and uh, uh, Caster, young right. young Caster. But right. uh, the, the doughy faced, the doughy faced former friend of Matt Saracen, right? right. Uh, so the, um, I, I mean, I want to talk, I want to talk about a, a, a couple things, uh, maybe before we move on, but one is like, one is you talk about what we're looking at. And I, actually what we're looking at is, is interesting to me. I mean, we haven't gone in depth into the, the visual style of this show, but I'm very, I mean, I'm very interested, uh, by it, but especially in the, um, the way it gets in very, very close, uh, with the characters and, um, the the way the camera is kind of restless and sort of looks around is always kind of like looking for uh for more details and i i sort of noticed it at the beginning of episode 5 when um uh oh uh when uh, uh young miss garrity when uh lila garrity lila. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lila, Tyra, it's all, they're, they're all, all the names. Um, goes over to Tim's house and when, you know, when they hug, the can the camera, uh, uh, sort of tilts down a little bit to where he's kind of grabbing at her waist, and and of course there's this like lingering shot on her boobs as you and and oh my god, some of the getups that she gets put in in these um in, in these things, it's uh, she's busting out of a lot of these uh sort of tank top kind of things that she gets uh, uh that she gets put in so that you know the camera i mean the camera is sort of moving around is kind of a proxy for us and what we want to look at and apparently um uh, apparently lila's boobs is what yeah uh, it's an interesting but it's an interesting take i mean just i i hadn't even been thinking i think there's two bit pieces of of kind of film i actually wish jordan were on the um uh the the uh, on the podcast, because he could, uh, you know, take us to task. Uh, he can call bullshit on what I'm about to say, or he can call bullshit next time he's on, uh, or right in. But I mean, I think that there's two like different um, ways to think about the, this kind of camera movement. I mean, um, one that was in, that we we've talked about a little bit before is is this kind of tradition of of cinema verite um, and trying to you know uh, and and trying to um, encapsulate kind of a, a kind of a sort of realism or documentary realism. Right, but sort of um, make that like, uh, like let, let's follow that thought out because yeah. in, in documentaries, yeah. um, that style is achieved by by sort of frankly acknowledging that the camera is there and mm. the sh- mm. the shakiness is because you don't know what's going to happen, mm. uh, you know, and it's you know it's because the whoever is shooting is looking around for what the interesting thing to shoot. Yeah. Um, is is going to be and so well, it, well. And I was just going to say, I mean, before we even round that out, I think the other kind of concept that's worthwhile from the, like the language of of cinema is also the male gaze, right? Um, and sure. that this um, and the, the kind of you know the camera as as a as a as uh, as a gendered you know representation of of what is viewed and how it is viewed. And yeah, I think of the, are, of the act of viewing and the, the, the act, act of, of viewing, right? Exactly. And you can read, uh, you know, if you haven't. Um, if you haven't yet, listeners, you can read Laura Mel- Mulvey on this. Yeah, man, uh, Fet- fetishistic scopophilia, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's right. Castration anxiety. There's actually well, it's very it's very interesting because I think this is a show that is interested in the body and is interested in in flesh. You know, not just mm. sort of ogling young young flesh. So there's there's plenty of that too, uh, for which see you know Lila Garrity's boobs uh, or the you know who they're doing body shots off. Off this, uh, I'm glad you're doing your you're citing in the proper the proper format. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lila Garrity's yeah, Lila Garrity's boobs, QV Supra. But the um, you know, or the the at the party, there's you know, there is some um, uh, nubile flesh on display. Someone's doing body shots off you know off a, a an extremely taut uh, stomach, right? Uh, lady's stomach on on the hood of a car. I think um, stay classy. But there's another side of this. Um, which, <laughs> which is, um, there's another side of this, which is, uh, male flesh. And, um, when, when, uh, Matt Saracen takes off his shirt after that game, he, he's got hit a couple times. So he has some bruises from that. And he kind of looks down at them, looks at the effect of football, uh, on his body and, and smiles sort of, right. Um, yeah. and, and like the you know i think the um 
the the interaction of the body with with the technology of football is is something i mean that i it's a question that i see being raised in in a couple of these episodes here and it's going to be interesting to me how that's played out especially now that smash is juicing uh, well, yeah yeah let's but let's also like tie this in right so we have there's kind of two technologies i mean to t- kind of tie this kind of you know that that aspect of the cinematography and this kind of the the interaction between the you know like bodies and the actions of of bodies and and then the role of the camera here um i mean i think that there's a a i think i think you describe the technology you know football as a technology and i think there's a you know an interaction between the technology of the camera and the techno- and the kind of social technology of of football and and the bodies um and so i mean i, I mean i'm i'm wondering like does does this kind of tie in i mean how do these two streams tie together um and you touched on a little bit but i i'd love to go back i mean i'd kind of cut you off on when we were on the verite um strand and this kind of you know this this movement um and the and the way the camera moves well, right. And so like, what, what is, and what is that about? Because this is a show, it's not being, you know, this isn't the office. There isn't actually like a notional documentary crew, uh, right. uh, documentary crew they're shooting. So these, these, um, these sort of gestures, these kind of camera movements are supposed to give, or, or the kind of extreme close-ups, or the fact that you only kind of half catch some of the action kind of out of, you know, out of the side. The fact that the, you know, the camera is not sort of locked down and focused dead center. Well, and sometimes it's through, you know, sure. windows or, or chain link fence. Um, yeah, or- I mean, and so it's, it's, I think it's supposed to give the impression of a thing that is found rather than a thing that is made. Um, mm. Uh, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't engage. I mean, it's funny. The, it it also has, though. I think it is supposed to be. Watch me get all dirty in here. Um, you know, like binary oppositions b- being deconstructed by revealing their always already supplementary character. Though it's supposed to be a, a gesture at realism um, and sort of uh, supposed to kind of make you think that the the thing you're experiencing is not artificial. Uh, in fact, it calls attention to the fact that mm-hmm. there is a camera and that it is moving. Right. Right. Because right. my fucking head is aching and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like yeah, I get yeah. motion sick. So like too much shaky camera is, um, uh, you know, it makes me a little dizzy. And so like, I know that there is a camera. Uh, I, I know that there is a camera operating. Um, also when I can't, when I can't look at what I want, you know what I mean? Well, I, think the- that's, I mean, it's very interesting is that it, what, I think it's also that because that that breaks from conventions, Certainly, of how um, you know network TV shows are shot. I mean, this was because this show is also on uh, on NBC. Um, it also really kind of you know breaks with conventions of how teen soap operas are shot, and even between you know of how mainstream movies are shot. It's actually this kind of very oh, real or like kind of you know found object style or this and then and the various types of camera movements that are associated with that style draw more attention to the fact that this is a artistically created thing right that whereas if it were just the kind of a more standard types of intercutting um you would notice it less because it's 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 much more it's much more standard um i mean it's similar um to you know in in similar ways you often are aware when there are like longer Longer cuts. Um, and, I mean, this this show doesn't do a lot with kind of longer tracking shots um, or or kind of long 
um, like you know, no, st- not, steady cam type stuff, right? It's not that type of of style. Um, that, no, that's the Robert Altman style. Yeah, that exactly, is. exactly. And and I mean, that owes actually a lot ultimately to like um, to like a Jean Renoir. Um, but like I, you know, to and and that and and a lot of these these um, attempts that really like interact, you know, show the interaction between physical space and social space. Um, and again, also see uh, see Die Hard and our overview commentary on Die Hard. I mean, Die Hard. I was I was fascinated when we rewatched Die Hard uh, recently. That Die Hard itself um, has a lot of these kinds of camera movements. That rather than cutting, they pan. They do the quick pan, um, which is also. I mean, I, I associate that a lot with recently Wes Anderson, but I think uh, ultimately Brunel um, did that a lot. Um, but so you know, the fact is that even though this is a different set of techniques from the the, the techniques that are used in um, in Friday Night Lights, they, they all kind of um, a they they draw attention to the fact that there is a camera that is moving, right? That rather than it being multiple cameras, that kind of you know, it's it's just it's so odd that that idea that in some ways one camera that moves. Um, and it sometimes has to move or has to refocus or is um, blocked by things, you know, cause it att- calls attention to the camera um, itself. Yeah. Um, and that, that's that's what this uh, this is, is accomplish uh, is accomplishing. Sure. Um, but in terms of meaning um, and in terms of some of the themes, where where does that where does that come in? I mean, what what is that what is that doing for for us? Well, I think that it's. I mean, I, I think that it's a show that's concerned with socially constructed proxies for sort of natural interactions. That is to say, we're, we we play football. We don't actually go kill each other. And when we do, when we do go kill each other, when the prank war kind of spirals out of control. Um, you know, or when, uh, when Reyes beats up the nerdy kid, like these things are transgression, transgressions, right? They're not, they're not good. We sublimate our rage into, and our kind of like warlike, uh, nature into, um, you know, into these contests, into these sort of, into these sort of, uh, you know, socially constructed contingent, uh, you know, structural, um, uh, contests and sort of, I, I think that the camera. The camera kind of highlights that tension between what is real and what is, or, or uh, real is the wrong word, what is authentic and what is constructed. Um, and, and, you know, and I think that actually it's like probably it's just supposed to be the verite style. You know what I mean? Like, give me a show that looks like the shield, right. Is, is one of the, uh, you know, is probably <laughs> yeah. one of yeah. the things that, that could have been said somewhere along the process. But, um, uh, but sort of almost, you know, almost unknowingly, maybe, um, the, uh, the that the style the kind of tension between realism and constructedness between authenticity and uh, artifice um sort of highlights what i think is one of the themes of the show yeah and i think it's interesting i mean you were talking about you know these contests as, as sublimating various types of, of whether it's violence or or sex or things like that but i think that you also see that these these types of, of, of social rituals are also proxying for just normal social interactions, right? That they, um, and, and, and they, they interact in these, in these interesting ways. Um, and I mean, I guess one that I, I think of, um, is 
is is there's a scene um in the first episode that we were watching uh episode five um where julie taylor comes by after practice and um and he says to matt oh do you think you'll be starting and he gives this very politically correct answer right of well the you know um, you know, well, it's the coach's decision. I've been working hard. Um, and, you know, and, and, and she goes, you know, I'm not ESPN relax. Right. Uh-huh. And that the, there are these, and, and I think what's fascinating about that relationship is a, just how awkward it is and how just amazingly awkward it is throughout. Um, and that there's, they're trying to create a space that is, you know, some ways outside of the, the social language of the, um, rally girls and the press conference. Um, and they, they, in fact, they're, they're creating a new language, uh, because that it's, it's, you know, it's always, they don't, neither of them really, um, is fluent in that, uh, in that language. And Matt is, you know, beginning to speak it or is, and then in, 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 in episode six, you know, is, is, thinking about what it means to negotiate that but really they're they're kind of starting from scratch and so they both are not fluent in the existing um you know public narrative um but they're also not um you know that they also don't have a shared language to speak so they're they're kind of you know really uh feeling it out so to speak one more weird weird proxy ritual before we push on what you wanted to do a while ago which is the pep rally yeah? sure no, like, let's let's do it um it's a very it's a very bizarre it's a very bizarre ritual uh, i think when you kind of consider it for what it is and you you're not like used to them from high school or something like that like what what is it really what is it really for, right? Like, it's, it's an away game, so it's not going to drive up attendance. And, and plus, it's like everyone is football crazy anyway. They, they, they don't need to be driven more football crazy. It's, it's almost like, you know, what is, what is pep? What are the uses, uh, you know, and sort of misuses uh, of pep? And what, um, what, are these things supposed to, uh, what are these things supposed to do, you know? I mean... It's a. I mean, I guess it, there's an interesting thing. Is um, I mean, what? Oh, they, you got quiet all of a sudden. I, I got quiet. Well, because well, I've I've been to pep rallies. Uh, or, or why 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 do you believe that I got quiet? Oh, uh, you got you moved away from your, your microphone or something. Oh no, I thought you meant that I I, I you, you you hit something that really no. cut me cut, cut me to the quick. I mean, cut me to the quick. <laughs> you cut me to the quick, Ryan. Oh my God! You 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 exposed the. Um, the, the deep uh, fascist underpinnings of um, all of those all of those pep rallies in which I participated huh. uh, in in high school. Well, there is, um, I mean, right? Okay, so so it is fascist, and it's it's aesthetically fascist, also, right? Because there are like you know rows of people, there are rows of people lined up. It's um, there is this like weird uh, four finger salute for we own the fourth quarter, right? That is uh, that looks like a Nazi salute to me. Maybe it's just me, but. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's it, just an, uh, you know, another thing for it. It's a way of kind of enforcing, uh, enforcing the so- social order, right? There's a class that gets uh, talking about the gays. There's a class, uh, that gets looked at. And then there's a class that, d- that does the looking like sits in, in the bleachers or stands or what have you. And, um, and sort of does the, and sort of does the looking. And it's like, you know, the, the, the only people who really benefit are the football players who might get, I don't know, some extra measure of enthusiasm from, uh, from what's going on. And so this whole thing, I mean, this 
whole thing is kind of being staged, I guess, for their benefit. But it's it's under the guise of I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a sort of extreme ulteriority in the, in what um, what is going on versus what's what uh, it purports to be going on. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's right. I mean, I think that what it it is it, it purports to be doing is getting people. I guess what? So the you think about the origins of of, of Pep. I mean, it would be it be to be it's it, it's excitement, right? It's an, it's an excitement rally, um, and that it it it's ultimately about the Pep of the. I mean, it's it's kind of it's. I guess it's meant to, meant to be mutual, though, right? It's, it's meant to be kind of giving, transferring enthusiasm. It's both creating enthusiasm in the crowd and then transferring that to the players, right? Um, is 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 what it purports to be about? Yeah, and the, and so how do you create enthusiasm uh, enthusiasm in the crowd? Well, the cheerleaders do a big uh, sort of bump and grind kind of number for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes, but I think what's fascinating and what, what's what I've never seen. I mean, I would love to, you know, do a, a a a a see if there's any ethnographies of of the pep rally um, that are out there, and they must be. I mean, you know, the, that's just like a, an American studies dissertation, just kind of waiting, um, waiting uh, for for the picking. Um, but I, I think that. You know, I think what's unusual about this pep rally is that. Um, is that is 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 that smash participates right so that rather than you know the, the standard pep rally is the teams the team is there they're they're kind of adored um they they wave a little bit um but smash always grabs the microphone um and they 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 play the kind of I, it's a weird it's 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 an odd kind of it's not exactly a fight song because like most um classic fight songs are a little more militaristic um and a little more like John Philip Sousa e, but this is this kind of almost a a hip hop, not exactly a hip hop beat, but it's just kind of more of a rolling beat. And then um, and Smash does some something between rapping and preaching um over it, right? Um and right. uh and, and you know you're the Dylan Mathers are gonna do awesome. <laughs> Um, it's it's fascinating right that he um and 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 is kind of breaking down this you know uh, for whatever reason it's either evolved or broken down or both that that there are you know these people who watch and who um who do um and who are watched uh and, and and there's there's roles of who participates and how and and how it gets pepped up is that you know smash has so much pep that he that it then spills over and he just hijacks the the pep rally right then that he is the he is both then the pep creator and the pep consumer um and right. um and he's he's a closed uh, smash is kind of a, a closed pep economy um <laughs> um and, and, and oh sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, but, I was, I was going to move on from this. So, if you have a, if you want to close. Oh man, I guess it's it's fascinating because I, I guess we we could move on, but man, there's there's just there's just so much. Um, there's yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this, but I I have a feeling this won't be our last pep rally. So we're we're. Uh, oh no! Yeah, th- didn't you know this is it? After this one, um, they 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 banned the pep rally. Uh, <laughs> 
because uh, uh, um, you know, no, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see some more. We'll definitely see some um, more. Uh, but let's stay on this episode. I think okay. that so th- oh, the, then the next thing I the next thing I had on my list from this episode is it's it's no accident that that Tyra and she had a great quote at the beginning um, when she's she's waitressing for the guy who comes in uh, from the oil company, right? Like, so uh, he's an investment banker, which I think is important, right? Sure. Um, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and he's there to evaluate oil fields. So he I, is. He has capital. Let's just yeah, put it I, like, well. I associated I mean, him is. more. I associated him more with oil, but okay, yeah. He's he's capital and he's interested in nat- uh, natural resources, both the oil and you know. And it turns out it turns out the women and the idea of sort of the exploitation of resources and kind of the exploitation of of Tyra. Um, I mean, she actually she sort of endeared herself to me a lot when she said at the very beginning of the episode, uh, as as the you know they're going by with the someone is driving by outside the restaurant like honking their horns and flying you know Dylan Panther's banners, um, uh, out behind the car. Uh, she says, and I I like I paused it to type this down. It's a bunch of overheated jocks too dumb to know they have no future fighting over a game that has no meaning. In a town from which there is no escape. And that's, I mean, it's funny because this sweep of three episodes that we watched bears out each of those, uh, each of the clauses in that sentence. And she has this remarkably clear-eyed view of of where she is and of, you know, and of what's going on. And it's sort of a a model for what... um, what happens in the in the uh, to people who don't kind of fit into the dominant culture? So you know she is drilled for oil in this epi- in this episode, right? Like and yeah. and uh, you know gets like a at the end of it gets like a donut in the bag and a you know and a farewell. Um, but then she turns around and becomes entrepreneurial, you know, and throws the party for money. Um, yeah, yeah, the yeah, boo- yeah. The booze is free, but it costs twenty bucks to to park your car, right? Uh, yeah, it costs yeah. twenty bucks to park your car there. Um, I and I actually like I the the guy coming in, you know, to to exploit the oil uh, the oil resources and exploit the um, you know what. Uh, boning underage girls resources it it reminds it reminded me uh of your your stories about your talk with the the sort of maasai uh warrior age cohort and stealing stealing sex their practice of yeah their practice of of stealing sex which is you know uh, having illicit sex or or i like with kind of hints of coercion or something like that yeah but it's also it's it's sex that is um that is is kind of outside of it's it's um you know there are people who get some strange yeah well it's 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 it's, uh you know it's it's having sex with people with whom you should not be having sex sure right that 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 there are, are certain social categories that should um have have sex and there are some that that should not um and and i think that is i mean what's what's interesting here is that this is like that except it's except it's statutory right that, that <laughs> these are not i mean it, it's interesting that that um yeah it, it, you know one 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 man's one man's stealing sex is a is another man's statutory rape um and and i think that um, I mean, it's in part because it's clear because I mean, uh, Tyra's going to be in the show for a couple of seasons, right? And like, yeah, and she's. So- I mean, she's she's. I would have to say, infer that she is, unless she failed some grades, she's sixteen at this time, right? So, uh, 
I mean, that might, I don't know, that that might, I guess in a lot of states, that's that's like okay. Or at least well, unless not, this guy is like, legal. or maybe this guy is Doogie Hauser, boy, boy investment banker. Um, and, 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 you know, he's really just so good at math um, and, and, and finance um, and, and, and so on. He calculates that, those derivatives right in his head, you know? Right in his head. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just beautiful mind, just uh, crazy craziness. Um, and, and then he'll come back. He'll be coming back to, to help uh, Tyra with her, her algebra. Um, that's he, a... <laughs> he's, not, he's not coming back. I mean, you who have seen the rest of the series uh, told me. I oh, he's, totally, he's totally coming back. And he kills Tim Riggins. Um, <laughs> 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 but that, that, this actually was a, that this actually was a one-night stand. Yeah, this, and, is, this is a one-night stand. And I, yeah. I, I like that because I think the temptation to sort of redeem him or to give her... Uh, you know, we sort of like her uh, now, at least at this point, and like uh, giving her false hope uh, or giving her hope. I mean, trying to like give her a better a better arc or a happier arc than than the one she seems to be on. Um, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm it's, glad it's that they, interesting. That they didn't, but it, I, I guess this kind of thing, people coming in from outside and boning the girls, this kind of thing happens. Um, you mean in the show or in, in the world? Well, in the uh-huh. world it happens, but but in the show also. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is not the first, like, kind of person who is both an outsider coming in and uh, and, and having this kind of relationship with uh, Tyra or, or another girl. And it's certainly, you know, not the, not the last um, age, question, questionably age-appropriate relationship. Um, I mean, it's interesting. It, it's interesting that these two episodes back-to-back, we see Tyra... Uh, her primary relationships and interactions are with older men, right? First with, um, first with this guy, and then with then with um, Billy Riggins, with Tim's older brother, um, right. and and but that's, it's a very different kind of re- relationship, right? That at first when I saw them like you know working together on this. Um, on, on this, on this, uh, on the party, I'm like, oh wow, are they really going to have Tyra bone Tim's brother too? And they don't. Um, they they graciously do not. Right? It's 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 all kind of a it's a very different kind of relationship, right? They're just in it. No, yeah, it's it's entrepreneurship, which is yeah. like an economic proxy for boning. Yeah, um, it's boning the, the consumer. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's it's. It's, it's it, you know we talked a little bit earlier in the episode about you know the you know Texas isn't a state it's a republic but it's also you know what it also is is a frontier sure. right um, and is this is area and and you have that a lot um, is that you know you have these you know they're driving uh, and it's odd I mean because I think they shot the show in and around Austin um, and so you you get kind of mixed feelings of of the actual space because you, on one hand you you have you know, relatively, you know, the, the Taylors live in a relatively suburban area. Um, obviously, Tyra or um, Lila can go jogging and get to Tim's house. But then all of a sudden, you know, people drive for any amount of time and they're in open space, right? They're in open, they're in the oil fields. Um, and they're, they're, they're out there um, in, in the middle, in the middle of, of nowhere. Um, and yeah, I think that, I think I've I think I've lost my that's, well that's that's Texas isn't it it's it's these sort of islands of of civilization and sometimes kind of opulent civilization not in this not in this show but right. in, in Texas surrounded by this kind of waste 
Well, right, and but I think also what that allows is that it, it, it's it's it, that it, there are these kinds of. I mean, there's lots of writing in American history and American cultural studies on the effect of the frontier itself and how the how, how the frontier itself shaped the American character because you could always pick up and and go west. Right. Um, and that you and and I think with this is there are these internal frontiers as well that you can create these spaces for entrepreneurial activity um, that you go out into the middle. You, you, you know, the, that you you go out um, and have this illicit party. Right. Uh, the, the, and, and part of the uh, appeal is that it's abandoned. Um, and, well, yeah, and it's, what is it? It's like a big they're just out in a big field somewhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a and field it, party. So yeah. it, it actually sort of reminds me of like raves and ra- like raves are about sort of repurposing derelict urban space. Right. And sort of using it uh, to, I don't know, suck on pacifiers and and uh, uh, what wear funny clothes. And uh, and this is this is about repurposing kind of abandoned or, you know, unused rural space uh, to have a to have a giant party and get everyone really wasted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. What was there? Was, there was another. There was another piece of this um, that I that I that I think is is interesting. Well, I think that. So I think that um, just circling back to the discussion of 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 Tyra and her relationships with um, both, you know, like I think it's the other piece. As I was thinking about this kind of, you know, frontier um, entrepreneurship, um, and it's kind of the, you know, it's the 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 wagon man setting up shop um and fighting his is the plot of land um and i yeah, think and that even that like yeah the wagon like the the rv is kind of the proxy for that here right yeah. like that like yeah 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 well i think that that interfaces you know i guess the other thing i mean i will probably talk about both of these pieces of, of fiction bodies of work more as we go forward with the series um but the, the other kind of you know it brings to mind two iconic pieces of uh, depictions of the Texas frontier. Right, one is the work of Cormac McCarthy, and you know, most notably the the both the book and the film ad- adaptation of No Country for Old Men. Right, because um, because certainly this really is. Uh, and I, 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 as I'm just saying this, you're, you're, there really are not old men. There's middle aged men and there's young men, um, and uh-huh. there's there there is there are no old men. Um, in in Dillon, Texas, even you know, when it's it, funny, the the um, other than I mean, Grady Grady Hunt, football scout Grady Hunt, huh? Yeah, I guess, well, yeah, I guess so. Him with the you know the white hair and and all that. But I I've been watching um, Star Trek: The Next Generation from the beginning because it's on Netflix instant streaming, and I'm off school for another three weeks. And um, uh, Worf says at one point, uh, "There are no old Klingons," you know. Hmm. The the idea being you've you've died in battle gloriously you know yeah. long before then uh, yeah exactly exactly I mean I guess it's that there's no old Dylan Panthers because they like blow their knees out and they just drive around on rascals like um, there's like probably an old folks home um, that's the series I would love to watch is like all these people old um, well maybe I mean this is you know this is tyrant so like um, overheated jocks yes too dumb to know they have no future and we see no future in uh, in episode seven uh, when the you know the old star the old star player is unemployed and is a baby daddy and like uh, you know kind of his his life has fallen apart and as um, 
as uh, I think it's Coach Taylor's wife, I think it's Tammy, who says this town makes these teenage kids into idols, uh, and then they get out, uh, they get out of here, and everybody's not just giving them stuff uh, all the time. Which I, I mean, I, that interests me because it's kind of a proxy for our generation, or maybe the one directly after us, which seems to have had this kind of purpose-built environment meant to instill pride and self-esteem. Like every, you know, like everyone's a winner, everyone gets a ribbon, everyone gets yeah. a gold star. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. You know, and and uh, this gener- that generation, whether it's ours or whether it's the kind of millennial generation, right, sort of ten years behind us in college, um, is coming into an economic reality that is dire, and uh, where there are no um, summer programs to apply to. You know what I mean? And right. there, there are no like scholarships, or there are no I don't know. Um, and and the, you know there's only this kind of dire this kind of dire economic uh, reality. So that of what what Tam, what Tyra says is true uh, also. So okay, overheated jocks. Yes, they have no future. Fighting over a game that has no meaning. Well, it it has none outside of what you choose to endow it with. So I suppose she's right. In a town from which there is no escape, and and the way I mean the way both uh, she t- calls um, Tammy uh, out for being. The thing that she doesn't want to be, you know, she doesn't want to, like, uh, marry the coach and live in the small town forever. And also the way that the, the star player who comes back in, in, for Homecoming in, in Episode 7, um, he, he's never really left. He's still living in his high school glory. There was no life for him after this. There's sort of no, uh, no escape. So, I, you know, I don't know. Tyra, Tyra's um, assessment there seems very, uh, uh, seems very apt. Well, yeah, and I think that uh, maybe just to close the book on the Tyra thing, I mean, I think the other thing that I was going to, the other piece of, of Texas literature that I think is relevant here in literature, and by here, by literature I mean filmography, is um, There Will Be Blood, right? And is is the, is the you know, that, that kind of depicts how we get from, you know, fr- frontier capitalism to kind of mega, mega corporate capitalism, right? That... Sort of, he's sort of like robber baron capitalist. Yeah, exactly. It's how he, because there are these these returns to scale, right? So that that you it's not that you just you know. And I think that what's amazing is that we see these kind of um, small enterprises. You know that we see Tyra's entrepreneurship that's ultimately aimed towards getting her out of there. But these are these small things that that get consumed, right? That they they don't become capital, right? Whereas and the, but there is that Connor is. Is you know represents capital and can come and go as he pleases, yeah. and you know in in um, this world, part of the backdrop of having Connor there, um, in addition to what it does for Tyra's character, um, is also I mean it allows them to really say it's how they. It, there's also this kind of Deus ex Tyra as well, right? Where they they use this to the, the, the Tyra's relationship with this character to reveal that there had been oil. Um, an oil industry there, and they closed the fields down right. um, at some point, right? So that it's also part of why, you know, it's it's it, and these relate, right? That you know, in some ways, the oil fields are why um, Dylan exists at all, right? It was a, a concentration, um, possibly even a, co- a company town for an oil, oil field, and then they closed down, and now there needed to be a reason to continue to exist, and now football is the reason to continue to exist, and people um, have to exist, um, you know. But the, the, that that itself um, only 
it, it ultimately has to keep eating its tail at some point, right? And you, and you see this again that you know the people who are even successful or, or wealthy within the world of Dylan are are people like Buddy Garrity who owns a car dealership and he sells the cars to the fans of the Dylan Panthers, um, and and there's all these you know the preferred service providers. So there's a service economy that that, that all serves itself, but there's no wealth generation, um, right? And sure. Yeah, and 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 um, and that no one is becoming a yeah, in the form uh, of natural yeah. resources or in the form of in the kind of more twenty first century form of new ideas, wealth yeah. generation via new ideas. Exactly of capital of 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 of, of things that that take on a life of their own, right? I mean that. Um, the economist uh, Hernando de Soto, a uh, Peruvian economist, wrote wrote a book called "The Mystery of Capital," um, that um, exactly um, points this out. Is that and, and you know he his his theory is that, that part of why um, is that there is that he kind of points to the types of institutions um, in the West that are used to register property rights. And so like title registration systems, uh, he argues is like the heart of a capitalist system because it allows a physical asset to, to have this double life. And that, you know, if you have a house, um, the, the title to that um, allows there to be this representation that can then be used as collateral for loans, um, can be used to enter you into the formal economy. And that it's how he explains the kind of gap between you know, the West and the rest. And I think that part of what, you know, these episodes of Friday Night Lights are, are, are showing is that this exists within the U.S. as well. E- even though de jure, there is a property, you know, there is access to capital. Um, it's showing very emphatically that that is not, um, you know, that, that, that um, yeah, there, there is capital, but there is some percentage um, of, of people that is, um, you know, smaller than 99, um, and, and, but possibly great, uh, you know, uh, uh, but possibly greater than 1% that is, um, that that has access to that. Right. But I mean, I think that it's, it's getting at these, these issues of, of, of what that means. Right. So that there, of, of this gap between the, um, like de jure access to capital and the ability to to create wealth um, and the de facto um, access. And so, again, I think that's part of what the, the Connor character um, accomplishes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what's I mean, I think we've we've, you know, in some ways we've we've actually pretty much dwelled on um, episode five and we haven't even talked about murder ball. Well, yeah. <laughs> five, 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 and seven. We, I mean, we get, we sort of got got into um, uh, the party a little bit and homecoming, and and you know the the uh, the star who comes back. There's there's one more thing, really, though. In this, one more major thing that I'd like to get into in in this thing. If you think in in this episode, if you think we have time, yeah, let's do it. It's a very special, very special. Uh, these these TFT. There's a, it's a very special. <laughs> TFT. TFT fucking podcast. Yeah, the TFT fucking podcast. Which is that, which is this, this sort of uh, uh, issue, this sort of Reyes beating up uh, young Mr. Caster, doughy face well, yeah. Caster. And let's, let's start there because I think that actually to transition, I think what's interesting is that what's coming out of this doughy faced um, you know, who, you know, he's, he's, he's portrayed to be a nerd, right? He's a friend of <coughs> Landry. And, and also a, like a former friend of Saracen before he got really big in the football team. Exactly. And, but the things that he's saying are no very different, not, not at all different from what 
essentially came out of um, Tyra's mouth. And if anyways, Tyra's a little more eloquent, a little um, more sympathetic, but the, the sentiment is the same. Um, and there's, but there's very different consequences in part, in part, in part because the audience is different, but I, I don't think that Tyra is really, um, you know, hiding, hiding that lamp under, a uh, uh, under a bushel, uh, basket. You know, that I, I think she will tell everyone, um, that, that who will listen, um, uh, that, uh, how 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 bullshit football is. Although in in the homecoming ep- in one episode, um, she wants to tell Tim that uh, football another member of the football team asked her on a date. Yep. Right. So as much so so she's not so anti system as well, right? You know, she's the she's the. Well, she's uh, I mean, I, to say that you're boning and high, to say that you're a fucking teenager is not necessarily uh, to say that you condone. Uh, football. It's just that when the the football players are the the uh, you know most desirable sex partners that yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah. but it's it's, it's actually, funny you say this. It's funny you say this because this actually is a a major emerging issue for Tyra of who she ought to be fucking. Uh, <laughs> um, and and it, it, even even kind of you know questionably aged, um, uh, hopefully juvenile investment bankers aside, I think that the actual high schoolers that she ought to be fucking is, is a major, uh, focus, um, over large stretches of the rest of the series. Um, and whether she ought to be, you know, um, fucking football players, um, or, or, or someone else is, is, is a huge, uh, object of inquiry for the show. Um, she, uh, so yeah, I mean, so that that's I mean, what we're getting at is that there are different kind of there are sort of different social orders that intersect, and it, she's sort of trying to navigate her way on these kind of orthogonal axes of oh, what the dominant culture and the sort of sex having the sex having culture, uh, which intersects with the dominant culture at at a certain point, right? Yeah, well, yeah, sort exactly. Of, sort of. That's that's maybe confused, but I'm, I'm, well, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to make a transition into the point that I want to make about uh, about Reyes and Castor. Castor, uh, who is uh, punished. Sure, but, punished let's, oh, yeah. I think the point of transition is the fact that the I think here's the transition is that the the sex having and the desirability of like sex having allow it allows her to kind of like kind of both to play both sides in a way that Castor cannot. You know that sure. um, it, it, you know that that Castor is anti-football. Well, right. you know, in a way it, that, it, like, in a way that that you apparently can get away with a lot of shit if you're a football player. You can get away with a lot of shit when when you're a desirable uh, when you're a desirable woman, right? Exactly, or exactly. Girl, girl, I guess. In, so, and that and that's the point of transition, I think, and that's the the palpable difference. Sure. So, like the thing, the thing I um. Uh, the the thing I noticed about the the sort of Reyes beating up beating up uh, Doughboy is that um, is that there are different social orders and you have to decide which is the pertinent one at the moment, right? Like in in uh, wh- whether it's race, um, whether it's s- sort of social clique or sort of social standing or social capital. Uh, you, uh, you know, or whether it's a kind of moral order, you kind of have to decide the game you're playing and sort of optimize uh, your behavior for um, uh, for the game for the game that you choose, right? And w- yeah. th- one of the things that's very smart about what Reyes does when when he lies, I mean, smart from the point of view of keeping himself out of trouble, is that he fl- he flips the script and turns it from 
uh, a dispute over social standing to a dispute over to a dispute over race, where he you know where he kind of has uh, sure footing and also the you know the upper hand given his kind of disadvantaged background. Well, I think what's fascinating about that is that um, I, what what is interesting is that. He, and I think this 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 plays a few roles. But part of as he constructs this this um, this lie, and we, we watch him construct the lie, which I think is a really a fascinating scene. And again, it's another one of these scenes with um, with Coach Taylor, Buddy Garrity, and a third party. Uh, in this case, being Reyes, and and we we watch him. You know, we've we've seen the whole thing play out, right? That we um, and and what we see is that um, the actual slur and the actual idea of, you know, of going to that forum itself, that, that cognitive agenda was set um, by Voodoo, um, who, who um, made some slurs um, about, um, about Reyes and also was also kind of the proximate cause of, of you know, causing him to be upset. Um, but part of what we see is that, you know, that there's this act that's akin to, you know, the creation of, of fiction where Reyes kind of takes things that happen and blends them in a way that creates a, a socially legible narrative. Um, and that, that also then, you know, legitimizes his action. Um, it's, it's this very kind of like strong action on his part, right? Um, and uh, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, because you, you, you kind of see him and there's an interaction later in the episode where he kind of taunts Landry. Um, and, and I mean, I think this is a question of to the extent to which um, Reyes is, is sympathetic. Um, and I think the, the, the arguments that, that make him cast him as being kind of a, a almost a, a sociopath is there's these times where he's like gloating about getting away with it. And he's, he's, he, and he's taunting, he has this almost smug invincibility um, in, in his interaction with, um, with Landry Um and he's like, you know, he says something like, you're not worth it or something like that. Um, and um, is, is, is where he seems the most villainous as opposed to being, you know, and then there's a decision for whatever reason that, that he was also going to be someone who has really only had one episode. Right? He's not someone who learns from this and fights through it. Um, but for, for whatever reason, he is, he is someone who's who's expelled from this this world in a way that ultimately is similar to how Voodoo is expelled from the world. Yep, um, and ejected, and it's an interesting choice on the part of the of the writers rather than having him be someone who um, you know suffers and struggles um, and and learns from that and ultimately shows that um, you know so that that so that what we know is that either raises uh, eyes were not clear or his heart was not full. I, one one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Or both. Is, or both. Well, right, exactly. Because each is a necessary, though uh, neither uh, a sufficient condition exactly. for can't can't lose. For 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 not for for non, inability 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 to lose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, ah, it's very interesting. I mean, anything else in that that, that you found that you found interesting? Um, well, the way I mean, the way that everybody sort of lines up. Uh, like uh, uh, Tammy versus uh, Tammy versus the coach, um, and well, and there's an interesting moment there, right, where she she says she voices her concerns to him, um, her ultimately correct concerns, and he says, "Are you speaking to me as my wife uh, or or as a guidance counselor?" Yeah. And she's like, "Well, what's 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 the difference?" You know, with the implicit thing of, of saying, "Well, if you're speaking as my wife, I expect." 
um, loyalty. I expect you to, to, to get my back on this, right? Like, it, it's just, it, I mean, there's a lot in that line that, it, you know, sure. a, full, a full unpack is kind of beyond our scope right now. But I think it's a, it's, it's kind of a fascinating, um, on the one hand, it's like, He's like, well, aren't I so generous that I allow you to have a job in which you could also, you know, voice these concerns with me? And so I'm very, very progressive in that way. But at the same time, when you're my wife, you're my wife, <laughs> and that, and your your outside um, authority as a guidance counselor does not, um, you know, sway hold sway in that arena. And similarly, our our domestic relationship does not make your guidance counselor concerns so supersede my job or football, right? Yeah. Um, which is fascinating. I mean, all that is in one in one sentence. Yes, and that well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the it's a que- it, And again, it's a question of sort of competing or sort of skew uh, uh, sets of you know sets of values or sets of social organizations, and and you know being devoted to being devoted to different ones, and the idea that um, that uh, uh, Tammy should be devoted to kind of to it at the same time. Um, the the one the, the one thing I want to want to point out is that um, uh, whereas Reyes uh, sort of took, takes matters into his own hands, um, Castor or his mother right avails uh, avails herself of the police, um, who who are specialists in violence that are kind of at odds with the the frontier justice of you know. Um, of the the uh, tigers beating up Saracen or uh, Reyes beating up the the uh, I mean there's no justice in Re- Reyes beating up Doughboy but um, he um, uh, you know it's, it's, he's, he's beating up he's beating up Doughboy because he can't beat up Voodoo yeah 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 well but and there is though it's it's that I mean just, it thinks about it, it portrays the balance between private and public violence here right and and in um, you know in the world of Gossip Girl. As we've talked about a lot, the you know kind of public control over violence, you know the the state police are ultimately merged with the private means of violence, right? That the police come when when you say call the police, it means you know that Nate calls his guy who's like you know uh, who owes his uncle a favor in the police office, right? His his uncle's man in the office, um, and this at least sets up that there is a state and and that that you know it does respond to citizens in the ways you know in through the there there's at least the formal roots of authority that we we expect to see between kind of citizens um and and service providers um what's, what's been called the short route of accountability those direct interactions between you know the the police and citizens or any service public agency and citizens ex- appears to exist but I mean, at the same time, you know, we, we that also gets circumvented a little bit, right? Even the the police officers apologize to the coach for interrupting his practice, sure. right? Um, and that, and ultimately, you know, the coach's word. I mean, we don't see exactly what happens and what the legal machinations are that get him get him out, right? But I mean. Um, oh, I, mean, I was thinking of later later in the episode when the coach is, the coach promises Castor that he's not going to get harassed by the by the football players anymore, and that I mean that strikes me as a kind of private violence or at least a threat of a, sure. a threat of private violence being used to something like the good here. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of like 
when when private violence sort of goes out of control or sort of doesn't serve uh you know what's right then it's bad but it, but on public versus private violence it, it seems to me that the show uh is is um uh, ambivalent and might come down on the side of uh you know something that uh might be called stationary banditry well that's right no i mean i think that it's it's like in some ways it's not it's not an anarchist show, right? This, this kind of comes full circle with something that we were starting off at the very beginning of the show is that it's, it's, it definitely uh, appreciates its hierarchy, or at least it is, I mean, it'd be interesting to think about what, what the actual med- meditation is, but there's certainly at least these actions show a, a kind of a state within a state, right? So that is not only is coach Taylor, a stationary bandit is of someone who's, who's governing as a state would, but like, as we were saying earlier, it, it's also imbued with moral authority, right? So that it's a, it, it is a, um, right. It is a, um, you know, like, um, it's not a as, state, it's a Republic. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or because there is a, a, I mean, and I, I guess what we we can think about is that you know Weber's definition for the state is a, um, 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 is a monopoly over the legitimate use of violence um, within a a given territory, right? So it's it's there's spatiality, there's violence, and there's legitimacy. Um, and 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 um, monopoly over that, and all every one of those terms is is kind of hotly contested of then what it means for there to be a state. Um, but there's definitely, I mean, we we've kind of sketched out um, that there's definitely the the kind of social order of Dylan um, and of of the football team um, of the Dylan Panthers. Certainly, like you say, there is some kind of a there, there's some kind of a compound republic, um, to, to use the words of um, political scientist Vincent Ostrom, uh, who talks a lot about um, polycentricity um, in, in his writing, and that um, that you, you don't necessarily think of a, of a state or a political order as as one unitary thing, but it's in fact these li- these linked spheres, um, and so and, and so this fits a lot with theories about federalism. Um, and how you conceptualize a federal state within this theories about monopolies of violence. And I think that that may be a useful way to think about the kind of political order that we have um, in Texas, is that there is a, um, you know, rather than, and, and it's in some ways how it's different from even um, some of the the communities that I study, and we've talked a lot now. Um, it's interesting that we've talked more about the Maasai as we've um, – you know, talked about Friday Night Lights, right? Um, and I'll tell you, um, you know, the West Texas looks not unlike North Kenya, uh, North Central Kenya. Um, you know, similar numbers of cow. Um, more, more oil, more oil in West Texas um, for now. Although I think there's been some recent discoveries in in, in Northern Kenya. Um, but yeah, the, the, I think the difference is that this kind of the, the nature of the lower level, the local level um, polycentric governance in Kenya is more is less hierarchical, whereas we actually see you know a, a level of hierarchy that interfaces with these other levels of um, of governance um, and and I think that that's I think that it, it, so there's kind of a state within the state um, 
that uh, that is where a lot where the um, the action is happening. Um, so if you want to get in at where the action is happening, <laughs> um, there are so many ways for you to do so. Um, but they, they're all yeah. the same. They're now all TFT. They're podcasts. all. They're one. They're they're just jump in in the into the TFT podcast um, strain. Um, that you you have TFT podcast um, at overthinking.com for the email um, at TFT podcast on the twitters. Uh, uh, the phone. I mean, maybe we need a TFT podcast on the phone, but it's look, it's yeah, twenty. I'll look into it. Twenty Fat Drago one is two zero three two eight five six four six one. You can leave a voicemail or six four zero one. Sorry, six four zero one. Oops. Um, yeah, twenty Fat Fat Drago one. Yeah, um, that's the easy part. Um, um, but apparently, I have I have doughy caster fingers, and so when I punched it into my phone, I uh, I, I miscued. Um, I don't even know how I did that because they're six and zero are not even close to each other. But the, so uh, and thanks thanks everyone on the comment thread for the last episode for uh, commiserating with us with our uh, with our Apple iTunes uh, woes and go look at the comment thread for the last episode because Amanda uh, from um, Amanda from Brazil says uh, uh, has a, a funny story about running into Effie Stoneham's uh, uncle, real life uncle. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, that's, so that's great. So I think that here we are, um, and you know we're, we're going to be doing this for a while. I think we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll let you know in advance what we're uh, back with, maybe more, uh, more of, um, of, of Friday Night Lights um, or something else that's available um, um, streaming or on the waffles. But till then, we'll always be here. For a bunch of overheated jocks, um, for a bunch of people with, with for everyone with no future, um, and for towns for which there's no escape. But most of all, we'll be here for these fucking, fucking teenagers. teenagers. TFT fucking podcast. <laughs>